0: I'm on the line with Dawn Riddler, a certified financial planner and wealth ecologist. Dawn, tell us first before we get started, what is a wealth ecologist?
1: Um, Well, one thing that people may not know about me is that I was originally actually a a botanist and zoologist and ecologist um, before I decided to go into the business world. More than anything else, I never make enough money as a scientist, and so. Very early on in my career, I decided not to do that. But I've always had a love for ecology and a very close understanding. And once I got to understand how finance worked, I saw the similarity between how a a, a really good wealth um, sort of ecosystem works, very similar to how a good ecosystem out in the wild works, and that you can't um, ignore other aspects of somebody's financial life, you actually have to look at them holistically, just like you have to look at an ecosystem holistically because everything impacts on each other, the the economy impacts on it, how uh, people's risk profile, people, the way they behave, all impact on their wealth. And that's why, um, you know, I basically coined the, the phrase wealth ecology.
0: That's excellent. And I see you're also a certified financial planner. So what do you do with your wealth, as a wealth ecologist that is sort of giving a little bit extra compared to what a financial planner might do? Um, the, the trend in financial
1: planning has been to specialize in, in various areas. Obviously, financial planning has probably grown out of the sort of life insurance industry initially, um, where you had investment on the one side and the life insurance at the, uh, on the other side. But the life insurance industry has evolved over the decades to incorporate more and more um, in, in investments, um, and now when you get financial planning, because investments are almost the sexy side of the business, um, you know people still in financial planning don't like to be referred to as a life insurance salesman or you know medical aid insurance salesman or something along those lines. But um, they're actually missing the plot and and, um, clients are missing out as a result of it. Because if you look at just, say, you're just looking at their life insurance, um, without a very good understanding of investments and how that impacts on their life insurance, um, that you actually aren't giving the, the correct advice. You have to look at the entire spectrum of somebody's risk and somebody's investment and how they spend money and how they save money and how they consume money um, to really be able to help advise them grow their wealth because that's all they want to do at the end of the day. You know they don't wake up in the morning and say, Oh, goody, today I'm going to buy myself a little bit of life insurance or something like that. You know, um, and so if you compartmentalise it, you end up with brokers and that out there saying, Oh, you've got some money to spend, pick me, pick me. You know, buy better medical aid, or more life insurance, or no, you need to get an RA, or whatever, without looking at it completely holistically. And that—that that is why I sort of draw the analogy with um, an ecosystem.
0: Okay, well, that's obviously why your columns are so popular, because you try and pull all these things together. And in one of your most recent columns, which was particularly well-read, um, you looked at how South Africa's economy is shrinking, but more importantly, how can you survive and make the most of your long-term savings at times like this so can you just take us through some of your top tips on what can you do to thrive in a slower economy um i, I think you know if, if you
1: look at wealth in its absolute simplistic terms um all it is is you've got income minus your consumption and that is your wealth so if you want to increase your wealth you can do uh, only really a few things. You can make sure that the wealth is looked after properly, and there's some tips along, along those lines, but you can increase your income or decrease your expenditure so that you've got more money to put into wealth. I mean, that's putting it very simplistically, but if somebody can actually wrap their head around that very simple wealth equation, um, that, you know, they'll go a long way to being able to survive any kind of economic climate because obviously um, in, in a slower climate like that there may be increased risks and those risks need can be mitigated some of them can be mitigated some of them can't um, if you retrenched um, it you know all there's a possibility of, of retrenchment then um, I, I- one of the first things to do is actually to find out where you are at any point in time. And, you know, I'm always amazed the number of people I come across that actually don't have a very good handle on where their investments are, what, what money is, they probably know what money is coming in because usually just one source, but, but how they're spending it and um, how much of it perhaps is being, being wasted. And when it comes to on the wealth side, you know, it's getting at, just, just having a look at it, saying, how is this performing? What fees am I paying paying on this? Um, and, you know, some, sometimes that kind of information can be be um, really quite frightening because, I mean, you know, you can find yourself that you, you've been in investment maybe a decade or, or even longer, and the fees that you've been paying on is just so horrific that that investment is actually going nowhere. So it's a matter, you know, and um you know doing the work and sort of organizing your finances and having a look at your income and having a look at your wealth and and, and those kind of things so it's actually quite uncomfortable um because you know you you begin to realize you know just where the money's going where it isn't going and the and particularly over the last 5 years you know the fact that the investments that you might have thought were growing at sort of 10 15 20% are probably not even, you know, getting much above 3 or
0: 4%. So do you, in those situations, do you advise your clients to actually sort of cut loose from, from investments that are simply not performing, or ones that you have very high fees and you might even be stuck in them and there are penalties to pay to get out of these yeah. investments?
1: I mean that I always do scenario planning around those. Obviously, if if a client is stuck in in specifically in an insurance platform where there's early termination penalties, I mean I've made very you know I I don't hide the fact that I think those are abhorrent. I think um, the financial services board, as it used to be known, or whatever they're calling themselves today really should step in and do something about that because some of those termination fees are absolutely abysmal. Um, But, I mean, for example, I did um, what's called an effective annual cost report, which is what is now replacing the total expense ratio report, on a a client with a big insurer, had an endowment with a big insurer, and his effective annual cost was
0: 5.6% per annum. I mean, that is outrageous. Can you convert that uh, so that we can all understand? Because for some people, 5% doesn't sound like a lot. What does it look like in practical terms? Well, you know, the thing
1: is, all investments really you should compare against um, inflation. Now, inflation has been running for a good while now at around 4.5 to 5%. So let's say it's on the upside inflation is running at 5%. If um, your fees are then running at another five percent, that means that investment has to do better than ten percent before it goes anywhere. Right. Right. Now, um, that you know, if you don't sort of really know the context of that, I mean, none of our markets have been giving you ten percent for a long time. Right. The the equity market, for example, the stock exchange has been effectively flat for three years, probably longer, right? It depends on what you measure from a month-to-month basis, but it's been really running flat. In other words, zero. Okay. Right. Your money market has been really good. It's been um, out of, you know, the historical norms, and it's been giving you, you can probably get around about 7%, which is running at, say, Two to three percent above inflation, which historically is extremely good. It's the kind of region that you expect property and that kind of thing to do. So, for um, none of none of the investments out there, well, very few investments out there, particularly on a three or more year basis, have been doing anything like ten percent. So, if you've been paying fees of five point six percent and the inflation's running at five percent. And you're paying 10.6%. The real return on your investment is probably decreasing all the time. That's is that, scary. It, it, it is very scary. I think one of the one of the reasons I, I I blog so extensively is to try and increase the 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 basic knowledge for people out there, so they understand things like real inflation, um, you know, and and real return on investment. Um, the fact that you've made a profit, um, is meaningless when you take inflation into account.
0: Right. So Dawn, just in a nutshell, then, what would your top tip be in this uh, current situation where we've got a shrinking economy?
1: Um, I I think when When it comes to investments, having a balanced portfolio is
0: absolutely essential. Thank you, Dawn. That was really insightful. That was Dawn Ridler from Johannesburg.